everybody. Grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Psalms 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and we sit down together every week and we talk through truths in scripture. And last week we were talking about Dr. Stanley and honoring his life principles, and there are 30 of them, so we went through 15, and we are finishing up the last 15 in this episode. And a lot of these principles touch on, you know, adversity and sharing and Christ suffering and really all boils back to intimacy with the Lord. Also, if you listen to last week's episode and listen through this episode, and there are some life principles that maybe you have a question about, or maybe that have meant a lot to you or whatever it may be, we would love to hear from you. And so I personally have really enjoyed going through these life principles. So we are excited you're here and we would love for you to pull up a chair and listen in. Hey, Kara. Hi, mom. That was a quick and easy. Yeah. Verse. Powerful verse. So I have to say, you know, we, as you know, we are recording this a week after we talked about Mm -hmm. Dr. Stanley's Mm -hmm. the first 15 of his life principles. Yeah. And I have really, I really enjoyed that. (laughs) (laughs) Because because that first one about the intimacy with God Mm -hmm. has really, I feel like I have come back to that a number of times over Mm -hmm. the last week. Just like whether in my own life, like trying to be better and more intentional about being in the word or prayer, Mm -hmm. like just remembering like how important intimacy is. And then I, I mean, you know, I I have a lot of friends who have a really strong Catholic upbringing, Mm -hmm. which, you know, nothing wrong with having a Catholic upbringing at all. But I mean, I have, I mean, I can name five off the top of my head that I'm super close with and they all love the Lord and follow Jesus. And, but that one is a really difficult one for them to grasp and understand. So I feel like that is something that not only in my own life, but I've, I've been referring to whether or not telling them specifically, Mm -hmm. but just kind of, kind of having in the back of my mind, because for a lot of them, or probably all five of them, have a really hard time with the intimacy with God of, you know, just especially in prayer of, Mm -hmm. you know, being honest with him and bring him into every moment and what prayer looks like throughout the day, not just a moment, you know, in the morning or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like that, his life principles are still, they're helping me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny you would say that because I bet I probably talked about that several times this week as well with different people and they're not and they're not catholic actually very strong believers that have really surrendered their lives to the lord and get very busy and and really start really serving the lord and they struggle with their intimacy because they're so busy doing for god that they have a hard time really sitting before him and mm-hmm. being quiet and listening to him i love the mm-hmm. fact that what dr stanley was saying and is saying is that the intimacy with the Father is God's highest priority for Right, that's what it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like that's what He's wanting. Like He's not wanting us to be better at serving or reading or praying or whatever just for the sake of serving, reading, or praying. But it's so that we are, you know, our intimacy with Him grows because that's what He's wanting. He's not wanting perfection. He's not wanting 
you know, this, he's not having this like expectation of he's wanting yeah, perfection. Heart. Yeah. And I love the fact that what uh, Dr. Stanley, you know, is, is saying, which is all biblical, I was going to say this, these are principles, life principles that he has taken out of scripture and has put a sentence to what is a biblical principle. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not his opinion. It's not his opinion, but he's yeah. worded in such a way that it's just conversational and it's for someone to understand it. But all of them have a verse behind them. They're all coming from Scripture. It's not his opinion or even his experience as mm-hmm. far as, well, I've you know, lived life a long time, which he had, been very, very faithful to the Lord. And he has learned over the years that as he really would study Scripture, had such a deep desire to know Scripture, and he had a very, very strong, powerful uh, prayer life. So the two of them together was where these principles came out. As he would study mm-hmm. Scripture, he would just put it in his words. And I do believe that, you know, it is God's highest priority that we know Him and have a relationship with Him. But what he says is there's a consequences. There's something that benefits. There's a, a cause and effect in mm-hmm. that intimacy with the Lord is God's highest priority. Priority, but because of our intimacy, it will determine the impact of our lives. Meaning that because we're so close to the Lord, we're able to get wisdom. We're able to uh, understand mm-hmm. His ways and and understand Scripture. And you know, I love the verse that I was reading today, where it says, "Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path." And so it's like. When we study Scripture and we're close to the Lord, it's as if God's whispers to us, when you walk with Him, you're going to talk with Him, you're going to be close to Him. And it is the truth, which is called light. Jesus said, I am the the light of the world. Mm-hmm. It's like having the truth shed upon our lives. And when we begin to walk and want to know what it's like to be a follower of Jesus, what does God want for our lives, what are you know, what's our purpose and things like that, we're able to see based on the truth and based on who God is, because we've been so intimate with him, we're getting to know him, we're able to discern and know God's will for our lives. So that's kind of basically what that you know, what that is. And we did fifteen. Yeah, so we're gonna finish the the last fifteen. Yeah, let's yeah, let's do that. So you'll just you'll read them and then I'm all, I'll make some notes of some maybe we could go back to. That'd be great. And great. I I uh, went a little bit cheated a little bit and went ahead. You already read them. Kind of. Well, I did. Yeah, of course I did. But oh. <laughs> I've written down you know what I like and it'd be it'd be interesting to see if what stuck in my mind has stuck in your mind. In oh, your great! I can't wait to see. Here we go. Let's see how <laughs> okay. connected we are. So are we starting <laughs> okay. with? I can't remember now. 16. Do we, we're in sixteen. We're starting with sixteen. We did 15 That's right. Because it's okay. thirty. Yeah. Whatever you acquire outside of God's will eventually turns to ashes. And that's 16, 17. We stand tallest and strongest on our knees. Number 18, as children of a sovereign God, we will never be victims of our circumstances. Mm, That's a good one. Number 19, anything you hold too tightly, you will lose. Number 20, disappointments are inevitable. Discouragement is a choice. 21, obedience always brings blessings. 22, 
To walk in the Spirit is to obey the initial promptings of the Spirit. 23. You can never outgive God. 24. To live the Christian life is to allow Jesus to live His life in and through us. That's like what you say. You can't, you weren't meant to live it on your own. That's right. I didn't teach him that, but yeah, I like that. <laughs> but I agree with him. It's biblical. Number twenty-five. God blesses us so that we might bless others. Twenty-six. Adversity is a bridge to a deeper relationship with God. Twenty-seven. Prayer is life's greatest time saver. Twenty-eight. No Christian has ever been called to go it alone in his or her walk of faith. 29, we learn more in our valleys experiences than on our mountaintops. And number 30, the last, an eager anticipation of the Lord's return keeps us living productively. Mm, That's a good one. So I'm curious. They're all good. I know they're all good. So I wrote down five to come back to. Five out of 15. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, the first one that I wrote down was 20. And I just wrote down the numbers because I, I didn't. Okay. Well, my first one was 18. Okay. And you did comment on that. As children of a sovereign God, we're never victims of our circumstances. Yeah. I like that but one. But a lot of people, I mean, that's, I mean, that you have to really think about that. Yeah. Because sometimes we really do believe that, you know, the circumstances in life and things that have happened to us, a lot of times we can't help some of the things that happen to us. Yeah. So how would you describe, you know, someone who's been, and speaking to myself, uh, who's been in an abusive relationship, I mean, I do not, or abusive situation, you know, a situation that truly is you are a victim. I mean, I don't, I don't really feel like a victim in terms of like, I don't go around thinking that, but like people who are truly a victim in a situation like that, where they did nothing to, you know, whether abuse or whatever. I think that biblically what he's saying is that no matter what's happened to you, you don't have to feel like you are a victim, that you are uh, helpless, that this is something that you can even identify or call yourself, this is, I am what has happened to me, or my -hmm. self-worth or my identity is based on my circumstances. I think that's what biblically what he's saying, and I think... As a sovereignty of God, we know that God's always in control. Right. So it's not saying, yes, there are victims. Like you are, right. you can be a victim in a situation, but there's a difference in having a victim mentality where it's like almost like you lay down in defeat, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. And I, I think biblically, what Dr. Stanley was pointing to the truth of the fact that we have a sovereign God and that no matter what happens, to us, we have a God that's going to take care of us. We've got a right. God that loves us and protects us, and that we don't have to feel like we're this victim, where that we're helpless and that we can't do anything. You know that we have to be right. kind of like in bondage to our circumstances. We can overcome yeah. those. So you like twenty? Well, actually, well, I, I wrote I down twenty too. I wrote it down. I don't know that I like it. Usually, I write it down as something of like, oh, I want. I just want to come back to that one. You know, kind of okay. like let's talk about that one for a second. Yeah, I, I really like it too. I, so I what's don't know twenty? If you remember it. Twenty is disappointments are inevitable, but discouragement is a choice, and I really do like that. I really 
What he's saying is we can be disappointed, but we don't have to be discouraged. We will be disappointed, yeah. We will be. and But we don't have to live. Again, it's kind of like the same thing about like as a victim. Like we are going to choose how we're going to respond to our disappointments. Yeah, because I guess discouragement, I was just trying to think of my own life because I have definitely had my fair share of both. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm thinking of the times where I have felt discouraged. And it's usually when I feel like there's a loss of hope. Mm-hmm. You know, like disappointment is usually there's like, I mean, it could be a little bit of a similar, but it's like discouragement is a step. It's like it's taking the disappointment and kind of losing hope with it, right? Well, actually, disappointment is something that happens in life when we're disappointed but if you feel like you're hopeless, that's despair. And so there's so a difference between it. Discouragement is I'm feeling really down or feeling upset about something. I'm focusing on my feelings. I'm focusing more about, you know, well, I'm kind of, you know, feel really disappointed that this didn't happen. You may, you know, feel disappointment. I think that's obvious because we're going to deal with things in life that are, we're going to be disappointed. We are mm-hmm. going to be disappointed in people. We're going to be sometimes disappointed in God. We're going to be disappointed in ourselves. But to be discouraged means that we feel like there's no way out, that not to the point of hopelessness yet. I mean, I think that that's the journey of where that would begin. But I think it would be more about the fact that we could look at our disappointments and then go again, go back to a little bit of the principle we just talked about. There's the sovereignty of God. Yeah, I was just about so, to say, it's almost like discouragement takes the Lord out of the equation in a way. Mm-hmm. Whereas disappointment, it's like, I mean, I mean, Jesus was disappointed at mm-hmm. times, correct? Um, but yeah, I feel like discouragement, it's kind of like, yeah, it's taking God out of the equation in terms of yeah. His sovereignty is what I mean by that. Yeah, and I think that we sometimes can deal with discouragement. I think we we're going to deal with that because we're human. And I think it's probably one of the next steps of feeling when we're disappointed, we get discouraged. But what he's saying is when you find yourself in that position, you need to choose. Am I going to continue to keep my eyes on the disappointment or am I going to give mm-hmm. God my disappointment? Or I'm going to right. am I going to focus more on God or am I going to focus more on my circumstances? Yeah. I want to say something right now, um, too. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Well, um, they had this tribute of Dr. Stanley, and you can see it online. You can see it at uh, charlesstanley.com. It's it's a beautiful story of his life from the time he was born to his death. And he had come to First Baptist to be associate pastor, and he had left a very exciting beautiful uh, church that he loved in Florida. And he was only there 15 months. And he felt God called him to come to Atlanta First Baptist. So he came, he left a church that he was pastor, and he came to First Baptist as an associate pastor. And then there was people that were against him. And so he was, you know, praying about you know, what do I do? You know, definitely was a very difficult time in his life. And so he went and spoke with someone, a a woman, and he was talking with her. She was an older woman and just kind of sharing with her about, you know, what was going on. And she had a picture and showed him a picture of Daniel in the lion's den. Mm -hmm. And Daniel was looking out and his eyes was up 
and the lions that were around him had their mouth shut. They were just all around him. Yeah. And so he was trying, she said, what do you see? And he said, I see lions. I see their mouth shut, all this stuff. He described as much as he could everything he could see in this picture. And she said to him, she said, look at Daniel. He's not looking at the lions. He's looking up. And I think so often we're looking at the lions. We're looking at the people that have disappointed us. We're looking at the circumstances that are going on. And I think sometimes when people have hurt our feelings or rejected us or abused us sometimes even to that extent, we often look at that and look at the people. We can be discouraged by non-believers and we can be discouraged with believers. And I think that, you know, as I thought about that so many times this week, don't look at the lions, don't look at the lions. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a choice that we take. And I think that's one of the choices that when we're discouraged or we're disappointed, that we choose, say, it all depends on where our focus is. I can either focus on the sovereignty of God or I can focus on my circumstances. So I I, I just think that's a beautiful story. Yeah, that's good. Okay, the next one that I had written down actually goes to something that I wrote down last week, but we didn't get to talk about it. I didn't even mention it. So the next one was 21. (laughs) Oh, okay. Obedience always brings a blessing. Yes, and here's why I wanted to talk about this for a second. Because I... He talks a lot throughout all 30 of his principles about obedience. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's worth talking about for a minute because I think obedience can be a difficult word sometimes Mm -hmm. because it can feel like, like, okay, you better obey, you know, like kind of like a a scolding parent or, you know, maybe a more dictatorship type, you know, not, and Mm -hmm. I, I do, I mean, I personally believe that and I know, I think you do too, that obedience, o- obeying the Lord specifically, you know, being obedient to the Lord is the best way to live because that's what, like, because he knows what, he knows everything. He knows, mm-hmm. he's he knows out, if he didn't want the best for us, then why would he have sent Jesus mm-hmm. to die for us? He would have just, you know, let us go to hell. Destroy ourselves. Literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what I personally believe, but I do feel like just obedience is worth touching on because... I think that can be a difficult one, and, and specifically because he does, Dr. Stanley does mention obedience a lot, which, and because I think it is, I mean, I agree with him, it's important. So that's why I just kind of thought it'd be worth kind of like touching on just the principle of obedience. Maybe I just touched on it enough that <laughs> we can No, move no, on, I but. think it's great. I, I think it's a good thing because a lot of times people have a different view of what the blessing is going to be. We, you know, obedience always brings blessing. And I think not only do you, like what you're saying is that we look at obedience and we think that looks different in a lot mm-hmm. in different ways, but it's like you're saying you got to obey because if you don't be- obey, then God's going to punish you. And not even, yeah, and not even with the blessing aspect of it, because there was multiple in the first 15. That's when, like, I made a note. Mm-hmm. I still have my notes from the last episode in front of me and I made a note about talking about what it looks like, you know, just obeying that in general, because I think that can have, people can have an aversion to that, to that word, well, to that concept and all that. But well, because I know Dr. Stanley very well, <laughs> I did. I loved him dearly and I would have conversations with him about, you know, obedience. Uh, we were talking often about, you know, what it means to obey God and it looks different Believe it or not, God may ask me to do something, 
and to go to the mission field. God may ask someone else to go and um, go to work somewhere and just be a light wherever it is, wherever they are. Obedience is being able to understand what God's purpose is for your life, that God has called you. God ha- has a purpose for our lives. That's one side of obedience is being obedient to whatever God's asked you to do, what God has asked me to do, and it looks different in everybody's life. Right. Obedience also means to being true to the Word of God, obeying what God says, not just in a professional or not in some kind of way of living, but in my heart that I need to be obedient. I need to trust God. I need to have faith. I need to pray. I need to give you know, to the work of God. I need to not cause dissension. There's a, a need to forgive. Those are obedience. Those are the commandments of God, which is going back to that verse yeah. where it says, your word is a lamp in my feet and a light in my path. Those are the things that's going to pave the way as you're obedient to the word of God. Then your your intimacy with the Lord is greater. And then you're able to understand what God's purpose for your life is. So those are the blessings that happen. That comes right. Out of I that. was more, yes, I agree with that. I guess I was more talking to the person who has a hard time with the word obey. Because it can feel like you obey me, you know. Well, that's not the heart of God. God's right. I know. Love. I just yeah. But I do think God does say you obey me. I know. You know? <laughs> and I understand I, that what you're saying that people don't like that. Right. But that's called surrender, and that's called I recognize there's a God, and I'm not it. And and it's probably not a real popular thing, but that is uh, what God does say. But He doesn't say it in a way that's mean or, you know, like... Right. It's like I was saying at the beginning, I I think, like, I believe that what he asks us to obey is for our best. And he knows what that is more than us. It's not... Yeah. That's more of what I was... I just felt Mm -hmm. like that was worth, like, touching on because he does... Like, some people can be like, oh, obey, obey, obey. You know, that can feel a little... Not Dr. Stanley, but... Well, and I do think... I just want to say this. We just have to check our hearts when we start to put a wall up and go, don't tell me what to do, mm-hmm. because God can tell us what to do. And so it's understanding the heart of God, but also the reverence of God and that He's a holy God and that He does He does demand faithfulness and obedience. Right, right. And that's where the blessings come from. Right. So, Okay, the next one that I wrote down was 26. I did too. Hmm, what was it? I forgot. <laughs> okay. Adversity is a bridge to a deeper relationship with God, which is ironic because that's what we talked about at the very beginning when we started talking about our intimacy with the Lord. Right. And we love to think about, oh, I'm just getting so close to God. I just feel His presence. I just feel His warmth. And then you get to this principle, and it says adversity is like, no, no, no. Can I not get closer to God any other way? Right. I want to get close to God by just reading the Bible. Right. Or listening to praise music. There was, I don't know what the situation was, but there was a situation within the last week. And I, it wasn't, it was someone that I was talking with. I don't remember who or what it was. But anyway, but I kept thinking back to that verse, I think in Philippians, where he says, We share in the suffering of mm-hmm. Jesus. Is it Philippians mm-hmm. or Galatians? It's one of those books from Paul. But I was just thinking about that of like we share in his suffering. I think we forget that. Like that is where I don't remember the even 
I can look it up. I can look it up real quick because I feel like that is what this, that is that verse where there's a sharing in that suffering, but there's mm-hmm. a purpose, like, so that something, I don't remember. Hold on, let me look it up. So it is in Philippians. It's Philippians 3, I'll start in 10, but it says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Yeah. Which I think that is goes back to what it's the intimacy. It's mm-hmm. so that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and you may share. And I think it's interesting because he says that I may share, almost like it's an mm-hmm. honor, like that I yeah. may share his suffering, becoming like him in his death, which we don't want to, like even thinking of like becoming like him in his death, that implies that we will, there's a death. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's like, like a, a suffering. Yeah. yeah, it's like whether it's a death to dreams or death to, you know, expectations. There's there's always something sometimes we have to give to God, and that's part of suffering. And, and there's other verses like in Romans where it says about being um, a living sacrifice, and that's also something that is like that's pain, that's suffering. Mm-hmm. And it was a I sacrifice, think, yeah, that's laying yeah, it down the altar. There's It's laying a it down. death there, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and so I think what's really important for us to know is we try so hard in this world not to have adversity. You're looking at, we have two people right here who avoid pain at all costs. <laughs> at all costs. And <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I do want a deep relationship with God. I do want to, to love Him. But, you know, I think even in any kind of relationship that you might have, it's when you share some of the hardest and darkest moments with people that you mm-hmm. love that brings you closer together. And I think that's similar. It's a little bit different with, with Jesus, but it's, one of those things, we're never going to cry out to God. We're never going to just really want to hear from God unless we're desperate. And I right. think adversity brings is that bridge of what he's saying. You know, I think that's something for us to sit and think about because we live so much in our world today doing everything we can not to have any kind of issues, not having problems. We look for ways of how can I solve this problem? How can I not have any kind of issues, and yet you cannot live in this world, and you certainly cannot have a relationship with people without having some kind of issues and conflict that you have to work through. I actually just read something yesterday. It was a reel on Instagram, Mm -hmm. but it was talking about relationships, but it was like what builds intimacy is when you share and like you share in the struggle. In other words, it's just mm-hmm. what you're saying. It's like when you don't, when it gets hard, you don't just bow out. And I think that is true in literally every relationship. But I think one prayer that God has given me in this regard is when it is hard, when you're in an adverse situation, whatever it looks like, that like asking the Lord, like, help me to know you better through this. Like, mm-hmm. help me to see you in this. Help me to like, you know, because sometimes it could feel like, where are you? <laughs> are you? Yeah, sure. Are you even here? And I think that's a prayer that has really helped me get through those moments, not just get through them, but get through them and closer with the Lord. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you ask to see him, he wants to be found. Mm-hmm. So, and you, know, and I, you know, I say it in a different way, just like, God, I don't want to miss you. And a lot of times when adversity and circumstances and difficulties come, where it is just like, uh, it's just like you've got this hurt, or you've got some, even if it's your little toe and it's hurting, all of a sudden all you think about is your little right. toe hurting, you know. The squeaky wheel gets the 
attention or the attention. Yeah, and and like I that, think yeah. that that's true. I think when we're hurting, it's so hard not to just concentrate. I'm hurting and I'm in pain, and I understand. Uh, I'm certainly, like you said, do everything I can to run away from pain. And what I've learned from experiences, you can't. And as long as you're living in this world, as Jesus said, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer, he's overcome. But he never said we weren't going to have this. And I think when you're talking about a close relationship with the Lord, I, I will say this. A lot of people have said to me, I wish that I knew Jesus like you did, or I wish that I had uh, a love for Jesus as as you do. And I wish I had a love for Jesus like, you know, more. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel like I, I know for a fact I haven't achieved that. I, I can always grow in my love for the Lord. Everybody can. I think really and truly the only thing that you cannot get out of balance is your love for the Lord. I think everything else you can get out of balance in. But to love the Lord with all your heart and soul, I mean, that's that goes beyond and beyond. But I think that it is through the adversity, it's through those times when you've cried out to God or you just felt so hopeless, you felt, you know, really hemmed in, you felt like there's no way out, and you see over time God just working through that adversity to draw you closer to Him. And like you said, being able to see Him in in that adversity. And and the last one that I, I wrote down was 29, where it says we learn more in our valley experiences than on our mountaintops. And that's very similar to the same thing, is that for me to know that God is all that I need, He's got to be all that I have. And if He's all that I have, that means that I'm pretty desperate. Like, I don't have any other option. And I think that we as Christians and people that are looking and and wanting to, to know God walk away from God because it gets tough. And it gets hard, and we have forgotten that it's through these adversities, it's through those hard times that we get to really experience and watch God work because we can't do anything. And and I think sometimes we just feel like we don't want to get to a place where we don't feel like we're not in control. We want to be in control. We want to feel like we have a way of making things work out. And it's just hard when we have to humble ourselves before God and say, God, I can't do this. One of the hardest things to say is, I can't, and but you can, and I'm going to trust you in that. And I think that that's where we really see God the most, even though I do know that your little friend Moses would often go to the mountaintops, and he would but see God. But it goes back to he did that to be intimate, for intimacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't That's a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he would go and talk with him. I think these are beautiful life principles. Yeah. These Wait, are, I have two more. Oh, good. 27 and 28 were the last two that I wrote. Okay. It was 27. Prayer is a um, is life's greatest time saver? Yeah, I don't, time saver, that, question, that was a question mark. What do you mean by time saver? When you pray and ask God for something and you do what God wants you to do, then you stop just doing things you want to do, and then you learn the lessons, and you're back down to just realizing that, you know what, if I had just done what God asked me to do in the first place, if I just asked God what I should do, then I wouldn't have wasted so much time. Okay, well, then that brings up another question. Do you feel like we can waste time? <laughs> I mean, well, I know that I think God we can. God uses waste- those things. Okay. God uses time, and He uses experiences. 
But it doesn't mean we can't waste time in the fact of getting there. God will use those things. It's almost like He can redeem that time. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, if you just ask God what you should do instead of just going out and doing what you want to do and then then pray— just don't yeah. waste time in doing that. Go straight to God first. Yeah. So, but yeah, then it's it like, doesn't mean that God doesn't use and cannot use those well, experiences. And I think, too, it doesn't mean that you won't wait. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, mm-hmm. it's obviously, true. I mean, we see Abraham's a perfect, you know, he's the king of that. Yeah, <laughs> jumped ahead. Waiting. Yeah, um, didn't go well either. Right. So yeah, it's like it doesn't mean a time saver. Like everything's going to happen super quick. But yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's more so of. But he also can redeem time, and there's grace and all the things. So, yeah, that's why I was more of like, I just had like a head tilt, like time saver. <laughs> I know, because we always well, say God never wastes time or experiences. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. true. But it is true. yeah, so that's why I just wanted some clarity on that one, mm-hmm. which I feel like I have. If anyone else out there doesn't, just let us know. But, okay, and then 28. No Christian has ever been called to go it alone in his or her walk of faith. And that's the Holy Spirit. Uh, We're never alone. Okay. We're you answered my alone. question without even asking mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You knew what, um, you knew what I was going to say. We are, it doesn't mean that we will have friends in our walk of faith. It doesn't mean we'll have a bunch of cheerleaders or cheering us on in our walk of faith mm-hmm. or a spouse or anything else. Uh, it just means that we always have Spirit. Jesus. That's, have I was more Spirit. so thinking of like, you know, you, there's people in China or remote villages in Africa who literally have no one, you know, mm-hmm. like that's more kind of what I, I think of them in, yeah. the, in that regard too. But yeah, that makes sense. And, you have the Holy Spirit. And that's the beauty of it. And that's the beauty of, of having the Holy Spirit. I think that is why Jesus looked at the disciples when he was about to go away and he said, it's good that I go. I know that because, always, I always had a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Because if I go away, I'll send a helper, and he'll never leave you or forsake you. It still is hard. I accept it now. (laughs) (laughs) We're good. I'm glad. But it is every now and then I still have a hard time with that because you just I I, like to feel him, you know, to like be held by him, to see him, Mm -hmm. to hear him audibly, you know, from like a human. It just seems like that would really be ideal at times. Yeah, but. I get like we have the whole I I get that we also don't as humans probably don't tap into for lack of a better word the Holy Spirit like mm-hmm. we should or like we can you know like he he it probably is a little bit more comforting I would assume to have the Holy Spirit comfort you you know you know what I think the reason that we don't tap into it is we don't sit still long enough well some people we may not know how Mm-hmm. I, I, but I, I mean, all you have to do is just get down on your knees and say, God, I'm going to sit here. I, I need to know you. I need to feel your presence. And I, I think God answers that prayer. I think, you know, it might take some time to do it for God to work through some of the, you know, issues that we're keeping us from God. But I think if we're really sincere, it says, if you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. And I think, you know, as I think about these last couple of weeks, I really am going to miss Dr. Stanley. But one of the things I think is so powerful is that even though he's with Jesus, he's still speaking. He's taught me. He's taught me some things this week mm-hmm. and last and week. Yeah, and, and that's why I think when we think about our lives and we think about living with an eternal perspective, which was one of those principles, is 
everything that we do is going to make a difference. And and as I would listen and see people that with tears down their face, streaming down their face, talking about had it not been for Dr. Stanley being faithful to the Word of God, I don't know where I would be today. And I thought, well, I understand that. But here's what I want to say. Dr. Stanley was only a man. He was not perfect. No one is but Jesus. But he learned, and he walked with God. It was not easy. It was hard. Uh, His life was not at all this perfect life without any kind of hardship and adversity or anything that probably you and I would even want. Uh, It's certainly his beginning of his life. But it was through that adversity, when he was writing those things, that we learn more through adversity that is the bridge that helps our intimacy with the Lord. I think he was talking from experience. And these life principles that we've talked about, there's 30 of them, you have to just experience them. You just can't read them. You've got to allow God to put those things into your mind and you meditate on them. And you have to start living them out. And that's when it becomes a reality. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, DotBowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.